Welcome to the club, everybody. It's Saturday night. And we are excited to get things started. Should be good to go. Let's get it. What's up, man? How are you doing? Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, Adam. How are you doing, man? Oh, doing good. It's nice to it's nice to finally talk to you, and we're super excited about having you on the space and the podcast. Oh, yeah, for sure. Looking forward to it. Yeah, if you guys are listening to this after the recording, you can listen on Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, and all other platforms. The links are going to be in the Twitter. Um, so, Adam, thank you so much for coming on again. Uh, we're super excited to have somebody like you on the podcast that you know has contributed so much to the space. Um, if you want to, you know, introduce yourself to everybody that's listening and give them a little bit of a of a rundown on who you are and and what you're all about. I think we should give it a minute. At least let the room fill up really quick. It's all right. We're still recording. We're good. Yeah, as far as uh, intro goes, uh, my name is Adam Dean. Uh, I've been into blockchain for a handful of years now. Uh, got into Cardano in probably late 2019, I think, uh, and just really dove, dove in head first, coming from a full stack developer background. Um, so it was just kind of a natural fit. Uh, and I went on to co-found BuffyBot uh, with my co-creator, Marco, uh, which is one of the early uh, NFT minting platforms for Cardano. Uh, and now uh, we've founded uh, ENFTCon, which will be in Las Vegas, October 8th through 9th, 2022. Okay, I got you. I didn't know that you were a full stack developer before you got into blockchain. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been doing uh, full stack development for probably 12 years now. So. Oh, wow. Okay, so can you tell us, like, you know, how was that transition made? How did you get from being a full stack, you know, developer and then, you know, getting into the crypto space and eventually to Cardano? Uh, so honestly, um, it really had more to do, uh, like I said, with Marco, my co-founder. Um, he basically uh, wouldn't shut up about smart contracts and doing something on blockchain um, to the point where I was like, all right, all right, all right, let's, let's give this Cardano thing a try. Let's take a look at it. Let's run a stake pool uh, and let's see what's going on. Uh, and then I'm just kind of the person that naturally, like I said, kind of just dives in head over heels um and goes full in uh just you know is is history but yeah i mean it really was like uh will will he stop bugging me if if i go ahead and give this a fair shake um so uh i'm, I'm glad he did though no i got you and I, so would you say that he's the one that inspired you to start developing on cardano just him bugging you and, and wouldn't let you live it down until you gave it a shot uh well i would say marco brought me to cardano um, especially like a, uh, you know, we were just going to be running a stake pool at the time, uh, when was what we were really looking at. Um, but really the community that I found here that already existed during the ITN days, um, of people helping each other, uh, and then seeing a need where there was some tools and information that just wasn't widely available. Uh, and, and then having that programming tool set already in my arsenal, was like, okay, well, you know, here's how I can give back to all the people that have helped me uh, set up the stake pool and stuff like that is I, I can create a tool that's hopefully useful for them. Uh, and that's kind of what really kickstarted it uh, into let's really dive into how do we develop on the blockchain and for the blockchain. 
Yeah, that's super interesting. And, you know, the crazy thing is that a lot of the, you know, the most beautiful things that are created are made out of selflessness. So that just you going out of your way to try to, you know, make everybody else's life better. It ended up being this amazing thing that we now know, you know, it, it's just crazy how much like just one little good thing or one little good thought can have such, you know, a big ripple effect. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, I had been benefiting uh, and using uh, open source software and had always loved the idea, but never really had an, an opportunity to contribute uh, until I came to Cardano and go like, hey, I can just make something cool and give it away for free to help other people. Um, so that was really, really neat to be a part of that. Were you always playing around with computers and stuff growing up or how did you like figure out that you got a like a passion for developing itself? Uh, as much as I was able to, uh, I actually grew up pretty uh, poor. Um, so I never actually owned a real computer of my own until I graduated from high school. Um, so, but, you know, if I was over at a friend's house or whatever, I'd be like either playing a game or just hacking away uh, at the computer and always was fascinated and loved computers um, but never really got an opportunity as a young person to, to really dive in. Uh, so as soon as I got my own computer, uh, went away to college, college didn't work out so well, um, and started doing odd jobs here and there, um, I decided to, to basically teach myself to program because it was fascinating to me. Um, so that's kind of how I got started. Yeah, that's amazing. So so how difficult was it to be a self-taught uh, programmer? Because like, I, I feel like the majority of people feel like if you don't get a proper education or like the standard college education, that there's no chance for you to, you know, make it into that kind of industry. So how, how difficult was that process? Uh, I, I would say the hardest part with being self-taught is you need to have an idea of something that you want to create that's not just a tutorial and following along because you can follow a tutorial all day and yeah, like it'll say hello world or, you know, print the screen red instead of blue. Um, but until you go, I want to make the computer do this. Um, and how am I going to do that? Cause nothing right now will make the computer do what I want it to do. Once you have that idea, then you can really start to, to educate yourself and, and figure, uh, and you make a hell of a lot of mistakes along the way because you're, you're figuring it all out as you go. You don't have that theoretical knowledge that college would give to you. Um, but I, I think it's certainly possible. It just kind of takes a longer time and you, you have to really be committed and have that drive to uh, see yourself succeed at the goal you've set for yourself. Well, I got you. Those are some really great tips because I know that they are definitely a lot of people that are interested in learning, but they might, you know, have this image of like something, you know, that's way too big to achieve. So those are, those are really awesome. Those are really awesome tips that you gave. Um, so for you, I know you were saying that Marco initially, you know, brought you over to the space. What was, what was the initial inspiration behind creating BuffyBot? Uh, so the initial inspiration for BuffyBot, Buffy, the, the BuffyBot that we know is like the mascot um, was actually because our stake pool was named Buffy. Um, and we honestly called the stake pool Buffy because we were like staking vampires, Dracula, what fits in five characters. Um, oh, nobody's taken Buffy. So, so we actually had the two stake pools during the ITN called Buffy and Spike. Um, and yes, inspired by the series uh, and the movie. But uh, <laughs> so, so it started there. Uh, and then Marco was doing a series of podcast before we had nft update that was called like we are cardano um and his idea was okay i'm gonna make a bunch of these uh, like you know youtube videos and stuff about like how to stake how do the rewards work why should you be on cardano uh and the the idea was we would put it together with like oh here's this little chibi ada lovelace and her friendly helpful companion buffy bot um so honestly we hired an artist um she drew up something awesome, uh, what we now know as BuffyBot, uh, and, and that's where it came from, you know. And then so once uh, we got into, like, 
NFTs and in publishing and events, uh, it was only natural to use that uh, icon that we had for the stake pool since we have subsequently retired the stake pool uh, as our corporate mascot. So, so how did you uh, or you guys at Buffy but create the minting software so early in the CNFT space? Well, so that was just um, basically because, for one, I had already been in Cardano since the Shelley era started. Um, so I already knew here's how to make a program interact and do something on the blockchain to send a simple transaction or whatever. Um, and then once we got native assets, uh, a lot of us, Ailes, uh, myself, uh, Vegas, we were all testing and playing around on testnet with regular native assets with fungible tokens. Um, <clears throat> so uh, I was working on space coins, uh, Ailes obviously did his Barry series and then uh, launched Space Buds. And so, and then Vegas was working on, I think, uh, releasing the Cardano Kids uh, series. Um, so we actually had two competing and different uh, NFT standards for, for what would the metadata be structured like to make it an NFT uh, originally in that early March period. Um, but so it was just a natural extension to go from instead of sending around fungible tokens and, and sending space coins back and forth, um, let's make some NFTs. So it wasn't a, a hard drop or, or, or a hard jump for me um, just because I was already so ingrained uh, at the time. Sweet. So since we're on Barry, what's the difference between CIP 25 and CIP 68? Because I'm a noob. I have no clue what these are. And I see you and Barry and Wild Tang's going back and forth on Twitter about it. So talk to me as if I'm five and you're just telling me or you're trying to teach me. Yeah. Uh, and I actually had a, a great chat with Alessandro a few days ago. I think it was Monday uh, last week, maybe this week, actually, um, about uh, CIP 25, CIP 68 and what we can do. And so, uh, the problem is CIP 25 is super easy. Um, you literally just mint a native asset and you put the data on the blockchain and then explorers know to go and look for it. And that's the picture. And maybe it does something cool, like it's HTML. And when you click on it, you can see stats or, you know, you know whatever, um, now CIP 68 kind of, uh, takes that idea and runs with it, but uh, in a way that is more friendly to Pluto smart contracts, because we didn't have smart contracts at the time of CIP 25 originally. Um, so uh, with uh, CIP 68, part of the goal is to um, enable things like a smart contract could read metadata and allow you to only take an action if you have a monkey PFP or an elephant PFP um, sort of thing. Uh, but the other, the other intent that Alessandra was aiming uh, to mitigate is that CIP 25 is so easy uh, that there actually are a couple of ways that a malicious bad actor um, could inject CIP 25 metadata uh, when you as the token creator didn't intend for that to happen. Um, so uh, like I said, he and I talked on Monday. Um, we both kind of were already thinking the same thing. And I, th I think there's going to be a path forward where both CIP 25 and 68 uh, live and work seamlessly side by side. Yeah, that's dope. Honestly, I didn't even know there was some detrimental things behind those tokens itself. So it's, it's good to know. Yeah, well, and it's important just to, to make a note that there's nothing detrimental or bad about existing CIP25 tokens. Um, the, the malicious possible use case is if you have a smart contract that's generating new tokens and the, the malicious actor can guess what the token name is going to be and he goes and, and creates his own transaction to interact with your smart contract um, and as part of that, he slips in some metadata uh, that could then make your tokens 
be treated like an NFT and could, e could even include illegal or malicious content. Uh, so our, our idea is to try to come up with a solution where the creators of a token can kind of explicitly say like, yeah, I want to support CIP 25 with this, or no, this is a CIP 68 sort of token. Um, so that way it's harder. Uh, the way he put it is you can't accidentally uh, comply with a standard. You have to actually indicate, no, I want to use uh, this standard or that standard um, so that it, it, it's really to protect downstream explorers that might, uh, right now, everybody treats everything like an NFT um, rather than going, no, maybe this is, you know, uh, a pig token that represents a pig on a farm or, or whatever sort of thing. Adam, since you, you know, more than anybody, you have a lot of experience in the space and you've been, you know, building on it for a long time what future uses do you see possible like with the tech here on cardano that's like right now right now it can't be achieved but is there anything that you feel like maybe in the next five years that's like something that is definitely possible that you're kind of like you know your your dream scenario for the technology here on cardano uh, yeah, well, I mean, definitely the blockchain getting faster um, and supporting more uh, transactional throughput. So it's it's more easy to create an app that um, you don't have to think about it and it just kind of instantly works uh, is going to be awesome. And, and there's a ton of uh, tech in the pipeline that's being developed um, from Hydra to other things that are that are going to make Cardano quicker, uh, more efficient uh, and and really pump up those uh, the amount of transactions that can be happening all at once. Um, I think the the sidechain um, interactions that we're seeing also coming into development is going to be a huge game changer, uh, where we can hopefully, without hackable bridges, uh, safely and securely, kind of bounce back and forth between a a functional sidechain and the main chain to do a very purpose built. Um, tasks like maybe I, I create a hash on the main chain I bump it over to voting chain and I cast my vote for the next president of the United States sort of thing um, a, a lot of this stuff we're, we're not quite there yet uh, but the pieces are starting to fall into place and of course you know kind of the low-hanging fruit um, having your digital ID on the blockchain uh, you know, proof that you own your car or your house or, or whatever else um, being backed up and verified on the blockchain. Uh, there's just so much potential in the space that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, definitely. And that was actually one of the things that I was going to bring up because I'm not really the most tech guy. I kind of got into Cardano because of the NFTs and being able to flip. So my like my knowledge on the technical side isn't really like that in depth but one of the things that i would always keep hearing is what you mentioned of having like your id on the blockchain um having actual like business contracts or buying a car buying a house and having all these documents you know safe on the blockchain that's definitely something that i'm looking forward to because it i feel like it does so much good in cutting out middlemen that that creates so many like unnecessary problems and you know whether it's greed or whether it's just, you know, their inability to create a contract that protects everybody. Um, I feel like there's definitely a lot of room. And I agree. I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that as well. Now, all of you, everybody that's here listening to the space, if you guys could share and retweet so we can get a lot of people in here listening to Adam. I mean, he's dropping a lot of gems. And if you guys, you know, feel like you're taking anything away from it, feel free to share it with everybody. Um, so... Out of all the amazing things that that are happening on Cardano and the amazing future that you see, you know, about Cardano, there's one thing that I feel like I can't escape when whenever I'm on social media or I'm watching videos, it's just the FUD. So how do you feel about the FUD Cardano seems to get on a regular basis, like no matter where you go, it kind of feels like the only people that are really supporting it are, you know, the people that are actually in the community. So like, how, how does that make you feel when you go, you log on online and all you see is people, you know, talking trash about it? Uh, 
Well, you know, I mean, it's hard. Um, and ironically, you know, I use the word FUD all the time uh, here around the house, right? Um, my wife was like, like, what's FUD even mean? And I was like, I don't know. It's just something people say uh, when people are talking smack online. Um, but if you look it up, there's an actual definition. Uh, FUD is a type of propaganda to create fear, uncertainty, and doubt. That's where it comes from. Um, and the only reason you need that kind of propaganda is because you're scared of something. Um, and so really what I've been trying to do uh, lately, seeing uh, just blatant misinformation or false information being spread around, is try to reach out to people because, I mean, they might be misinformed and just parroting back what they heard a talking head say. Um, and so I, I think we... We, we can combat it by remaining civil and, and presenting our arguments. It is really, um, you know, if we devolve to just calling names right back to people, uh, nothing, nobody wins, everybody loses, and it, it's just a, a vicious cycle that we get into. Um, so I don't like it, but, uh, but I think there's a legit and probably warranted fear by people that invested in other uh, technologies that they see that there's an actual strong competitor uh, emerging on the market. Um, and so I think if anything, we're going to see the amount of FUD uh, intensify as time goes on. Okay. So like when a person like Mark Cuban goes on a record to say Cardano is basically worthless and Doge has more applications how do you not fight back or do we not, do we just turn the other cheek and just let it go or what? Yeah. I mean, we turned the other cheek. I, I, you know, very, very publicly uh, had a Twitter uh, thread with Mark going where, uh, you know, I presented him my arguments for Cardano and he asked a lot of really good questions, you know, from his perspective, from his, you know, big time VC uh, investor perspective about, Hey, what, what, act, why, why do I need to drop everything and buy Cardano today? And to be honest, we couldn't answer a lot of those questions because we're not quite ready yet. Um, so I, I thought a lot of his criticism was valid. Uh, but then Mr. Telecom's Mickey from World Mobile uh, really just knocked the ball out of the park uh, when he started talking about World Mobile and what they're doing utilizing the Cardano blockchain um, and actually got Mark Cuban, of all people, to take time out of his day and do a little Google research on what they're doing. Um, so, you know, uh, but we did that again with, you know, this kind of modern Web3 civil disobedience. We didn't sink to their level. We kept it high. We kept it clean. And we just presented the facts uh, in the face of the FUD. Um, and I, I, I think that was important. Uh, and I think it was really good in that everybody else watching from the sidelines that wasn't participating was seeing that it is possible to have a civil uh, disagreement uh, and have different ideas without name calling and without toxicity. Um, so that's really, I think, the most important part, uh, especially uh, when people use things like the overzealous or over eagerness of the Cardano community to come and really you know, like get upset and get fired up. Um, if you get fired up and then get toxic, people can use that as in part of their next FUD campaign. If you get fired up and just come at them with facts that they can't argue or, or dispute, um, you know, they could say, well, I, I still don't like it. You know, that, that's about the worst they can say. Um, so if, if we can present that front of, hey, we're cool, calm and collected, we're research based, we're here for the science and the tech of the blockchain revolution, uh, and we think Cardano is the best way, uh, we can catch more flies with honey. No, I, I definitely understand. Um, I understand your, your viewpoint and you definitely catch more flies with honey. Um, so I feel like the main the main thing that you keep seeing is like, you know, even though we have such, you know, good technology and, and, and things that, you know, you could point to and say, hey, no, you're wrong because of this, this or this. It seems like it just doesn't really matter to most people. So like you get the outlier like Mark Cuban where he's like, OK, let me take time out of my day 
to actually research everything that's going on and, and being able to, you know, formulate an opinion based on, you know, both both sides of the story. How, how do we tackle the 99% of people that won't bother to do that? Because, I mean, at least me personally, I feel like eventually we're going to get to a point where all of the chains are connected in some sort of way. So for us to make those bridges, what do you feel like, you know, needs to happen between the communities? And I mean, even though, you know, I know a lot of the, the creators of the of these technologies, they're not always on the best of terms. So like, what do you feel like has to happen for us to get that, you know, that collaboration going to take our technology to the next level? Because I really don't think that, you know, doing it divided is going to get to the scale where we need to, you know, need to get. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like all of us independently competing with each other and trying to tear each other down as different blockchain projects is, is bad for the overall adoption of blockchain, right? We, we all want Cardano to win because we are invested into Cardano. Um, but we need blockchain and cryptocurrency to win first. We have to realize that there are larger um, and more important enemies outside the gates that want us to tear each other apart and tear each other down. Um, so it's absolutely critical to build these bridges, build these communities together. Um, but, you know, I, I would go back to just kind of keeping in mind that um, nobody likes to hear you're a dumbass and you invested in the wrong thing and your investment is going to be worthless. Right. We, we don't like to hear people say it about Cardano. Um, but if we turn around and say it about their blockchain, they're not going to like it. And again, we can't be constructive, right? Let's compare notes. Why are why is yours better than ours? Let's talk about it. Okay, let me tell you why mine's better than yours. Um, having those discussions, and again, the important part is doing it publicly, right? Um, Mark Cuban was, was making points, asking questions, and never really kind of like conceded like, oh, okay, maybe Cardano's okay. Uh, but he's got 8.8 .8 million followers. And, and maybe some of them went, eh, maybe Cardano's okay, right? That That is the the bigger issue because a lot of these guys have big public personas. Uh, they've gone on the record very publicly saying, ah, Cardano, it's never going to go anywhere. It's never going to do anything. And now Cardano's going places and it's doing things. Um, so, you know, they might not be able to to walk back their words and, and eat crow and swallow their pride. Um, but as long as, again, we don't come at them with tribal toxicity and instead just present them with the facts, present them with the facts, their followers, the people that listen and follow along with them are going to see that uh, here's the facts. You know, th they don't have any more arguments. Their arguments are losing steam. And eventually we win that way peacefully. Uh, rather than violently. Exactly. I mean, because a lot of times you see a lot of shit posters and so on and so forth, right? They'll come out and just try to engagement from the community and say something wild. But we do present them with facts. We do come out and let them know what this community is about. So, so at the end of the day, we're winning a lot of people over. I mean, regardless if they have 8 million followers or if they have 15,000 followers, you're going to, somebody somewhere is going to see that message and they'll know that, you know, we're being productive and we're a very positive community at the end of the day. But even though, like, we have so much stacked against us, do you believe that it'll be able to overcome all this fun? Oh, yeah. Um, not not even a question mark in my mind, really, there. Um, as, the, as the chain matures, right, you got to remember that Ethereum even has, like, kind of, I think, like a three or four year head start. Um, and, and so if you look at where Cardano is now versus Ethereum, uh, we've got most of what they already have on Ethereum. Um, it's not as polished. It's not as refined, but it's almost there. Uh, and we're about to kind of leapfrog right over their capabilities as we bring on programs like Atala Prism um, and other things. And, and we're already doing it on a secure uh, reliable level two uh, or layer one third generation blockchain that's already proof of stake. You know, we, we don't need to go through a merge to get there. Um, so we have a lot going in our favor already that allows us to focus on building those killer apps, uh, you know, 
that was Mark Cuban's big point in our thread is what's the killer app? Um, we don't need to worry about switching to block proof of stake. We don't need to worry about locking or unlocking our staked delegation. Uh, and instead, we can focus on building that killer app. So, so we've got <clears throat> a lot of the technical components that we need to go to that next level that really drives mass adoption. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely see where you're coming from. And I can see how, you know, I guess we can say, you know, the Gandhi approach would work, especially since at the end of the day, the only thing, you know, that speaks facts are the numbers. And especially, you know, a lot of the, you know, our most competitive chains have had a lot of issues with, you know, security and people getting a lot of money stolen from them or the network going down completely. Um, I feel like it's definitely going to be something that is just like who who stands the test of time. Um, but what the interesting is, the interesting thing is to me is when I see, you know, the, the blockchains like Ethereum and Solana and Doge or whatever, and they they it seems like they have this kind of like mainstream like appeal. It's like everybody knows what they are. Everybody knows what they do. And it's cool to be in that area. It's cool to have those those tokens. It's cool. You know, it, it just seems like they're the only one. When you, when you think about crypto, they're the only ones people that think about. They think about Ethereum and they think about like some meme coins and stuff. So like, how do you think like, you know, apart from the technology, apart from just waiting for, you know, the, the, the technology to speak for itself, how do you think we could get that kind of popularity, that mainstream popularity, where when people think of crypto, they think, oh, Cardano, or people think of, you know, what, what, when they, when they talk about uh, Bitcoin, the second name, it could be Ethereum, but the third name is Cardano. We're in the same conversation. Like, how do we get into that same conversation other than just technology? All right. Well, th this might be a kind of spicy take, but science has almost never been sexy. Um, walking into a bar and being like, hey, you want to see my 153 research papers that I've written? Um, you know, nobody's impressed. Uh, and, and we've got a logo that kind of looks like a Christmas ornament. Um, so definitely we could use some branding and marketing hype to make Cardano sexier uh, to the average user. Uh, the the fundamentals of the technology being based on those 153 research papers is phenomenal. Uh, but at some point, you got to get the marketing team really kicked into high gear and doing their job. Definitely. That's that's a great point. And um, research papers aren't sexy. So I think you definitely got a point there. Uh, but we're about halfway through the podcast. And I want to open up the floor to anybody in the in the audience that has any questions. Um, go ahead and raise your hand and we'll bring you up if you have any questions for the great Adam Dean or any of us. If you don't have any questions, we'll go ahead and continue, but I'll give you guys 20, 30 seconds to raise your hand. Um, Adam, so far, I hope that you're having a good time. I hope that, you know, we're giving you a stimulating conversation. And thank you again for being our second ever uh, guest star on our on our podcast. We really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. No, I'm loving it. Having a great time. All right. Well, it looks like it looks like there's nobody that has their hands raised, and that's fine. If you guys are just down to listen, that's cool. No problem. No problem. Um, so other than what we talked about with Cardano and future and the food that, that we seem to get, you know, what, what are some of the things that you're most, you know, excited about? Oh, do we got somebody? All right, we got a question. Hold, let's hold, hold, let's hold that thought. We brought up, you brought him up. Let's make sure we got. Hey, him club, up. can you guys hear me? All right. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Thank you for coming up. Hey, uh, hey, Adam, longtime fan. I'm just curious uh, about what you think about the future of voting on Cardano, and uh, is there any apps and plays uh going on in the near future that uh you're looking to to contribute to or they're using from you uh yeah so i mean uh voting on chain was one of the the first things i did um and it's actually the first metadata that was published on cardano before 
uh, we even had native assets or an NFT standard. Uh, I published a, a voting how to vote on chain standard. Um, that uh, framework that we developed for uh, a group called SPACRA, it was the Stake Pool Operators Collective Representation Assembly um, and came out of a podcast that Marco, Kyle, and Charles were all on just bullshitting. Uh, and they came up with the name SPACRA. Um, uh, as, as a kind of like a trade guild or a union for um, stake pool operators. Uh, but we needed a way to vote and have a board and, and do kind of some of these DAO things. And I was like, well, we got metadata on the chain now. Let's figure out, figure this out. Um, so uh, Voter that you might've seen, and I believe they have a Catalyst Fund 9 proposal. Um, it, it's at least partially uh, being developed by Mike from the Canuck team uh, who helped me uh, developed that original standard for Spacra on-chain voting. Uh, so it's really exciting to see that that's uh, kind of getting new life and, and they're putting a whole uh, app around it. Uh, whereas I just published a boring-ass GitHub of here's how you do it uh, and not really anything in terms of here's how you do it. Uh, so that's awesome. Uh, drip drops, uh, we've done our on-chain governance voting using our uh, fungible token. Uh, we've got a Catalyst Fund 9 proposal to actually open source that method, which is kind of a, a slightly new, refined take on uh, the Voltaire method. Um, and I think, I, I don't know if we can publicly say, but we are working with some other organizations and stuff to, to try to refine and iterate on that process even before the, the Fund 9 uh, comes along. But I, I think voting you know, particularly for anybody that's in the U.S., um, voting on the blockchain on a publicly auditable and verifiable ledger uh, needs to be the future um, so that we can vote once and get it over with and, and have results that everybody can see for themselves the next day or whatever um, and not put ourselves through these ringers that we've experienced the last 20 years 20 plus years now, Jesus, I'm old, um, going all the way back to, you know, the hanging chads in Florida and things like that. Yeah. So Adam also, uh, early this week, I seen how Blake was talking about pushing the narrative that Cardano is the most democratic blockchain. <clears throat> and he's also suggesting doing on-chain voting for not only like the stuff that we have here, but, going beyond that and doing decentralized IDs, stake pools, and so more like what you say with Voltaire as well. What do you think about like having huge elections on a chain itself? I, I, I think, again, that's going to be the thing where people are using Cardano and they don't even know it, right? Um, it's still not going to be sexy. It's going to be functional, highly, highly functional working technology that runs in the background but i mean how many of us can go and like describe what the tcp ip protocol is and how it enables us to be talking on this twitter space right now um we don't and maybe that's cardano's product market fit is it's not a browser it's not the the browser wars between chrome and firefox and internet explorer and netscape um cardano's tcp ip for the future um, and people are going to build cool, sexy shit on top of what it enables. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't want to call us the most democratic blockchain right now. I mean, we vote for the, the Catalyst Treasury Fund, but I believe several other blockchains have similar um, organizations attached to them. Uh, and, and we've done a lot of voting, and obviously a lot of us are very passionate about voting. Um, but that does remind me one that I've mentioned is uh, Summon by ADAO um, and, and the platform that they're building for decentralized organizations to vote on on-chain as well via smart contract and, and ownership of the, the DAO tokens. Um, so th there's just so many cool things in terms of governance coming in the very near future uh, that it's really exciting. Sweet. Driving, uh, did you have a question? Uh, well, I just really want to uh, thank you guys for hosting this and uh, thank Adam for all, all the contributions he's making to that. And I was 
going to maybe have a follow-up with maybe uh, there seems to be a new metadata standard for cross-chain interoperability and maybe uh, with this pipelining uh, to script uh, with maybe an identifier. Is there any comments or direction or tests you might uh, be looking for in the, for the community in the future? Uh, it's a cross-chain standard. I, that's news to me, so I would have to do some more research before I could comment on that one. But it, it sounds interesting. You know, I mean, uh, our CIP25 uh, by uh, Alessandro, uh, the reason we use 721 um, in the metadata is because it kind of initially very closely replicated the uh, Ethereum ERC721 uh, tokens uh, which are NFTs on Ethereum. Um, so, and, and that's part of the simplicity that I love about it. Uh, like giving uh, somebody like OpenSea a very familiar standard that they've already seen, they, they know what this is, they don't need to reinvent the wheel and figure it all out again, uh, is ultimately critical for cross-chain interoperability. So, and again, why we need to talk and build bridges with our fellow blockchains um, because everybody likes to say, oh, the future is multi-chain. Uh, but if we refuse to talk and work together, like we're, we're never going to get there. So, so let's talk and, and start finding some common ground. Yeah. And I, I think to just follow up on what I was, uh, what they're trying to add there, I think was to identify what uh, coding language the metadata might be working on the best ways. Um, but that's all, that's all I have for you, Adam. Thank you so much. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for coming up and asking a question. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you for coming up driving. I really appreciate you coming up. And if anybody else has any questions, you can raise your hand. Um, in a couple of minutes, we're going to close the questions. So if you guys have anything, ask it now so that we don't, you know, keep, you know, get derailed in the conversation. Um, also, guys, we have a giveaway going on. If you looked at the pinned comment on top, uh, on top of the space, make sure you guys go ahead and enter that if you want to win. Um, all right, Adam, I actually have a couple more questions for you. Oh, another question. Okay, we got another. Perfect. I approved. I think you should be good. Abdul. Hey, Anthony, you're sounding sound kind of ruggish there, man. Yeah, he, I just texted Can, can you guys hear me here? We hear yeah, you. Abdul, you're sounding good. Okay. Nice. Uh, thanks for having me here, guys. Um, hope you guys are doing good. Um. Yeah, I just wanted to start off and just ask a quick basic tech question, man. So, um, let's say I was a regular developer in the world of tech, you know, the Web 2.0, essentially. Um, what would be the best way or what advice would you give somebody who's trying to transition into the blockchain and Web 3.0 space as a tech developer? So, I do know about, you know, the various languages, Solidity. You're, you kind of rugged there, Abdul. Can you hear me? Yep, hear you. Yeah, well, I was going to, I'll make it quick. So what would you suggest for somebody who's looking to get into the tech side of Web 3.0 and what skills, apart from the programming languages, should they work on to kind of get a role into that, into that field there? Thanks in advance. Yeah, for sure. So that that is something that I've, I've told a, a ton of people about it. I, I like to mention it when I'm in spaces um, web 3.0 needs web 2.0. Um, none of this shit works without a cool website, uh, to back it up. Um, so, so smart contracts, you know, writing the actual on chain code is only one very, very small, uh, part of what makes web three, web three right now. Uh, we're, we're not nearly at a complete, uh, decentralized future. Uh, so the big thing would be create creating uh, and opening um, interfaces that people could use, they could deploy themselves to, to interface with the blockchain uh, to execute a smart contract. Um, and there's a ton of good uh, resources out there. Um, things like the, the Lucid uh, library, also again by Alessandro, 
of space buds and berry um, that makes it super easy to interact with smart contracts using Node.js. Um, so, so there's a ton of overlap and there's a ton of room for traditional web 2.0 roles. Uh, I, I think I actually saw a, a Twitter thread uh, earlier today or yesterday about how so many people's website for their project is just hot garbage because um, so many uh, uh, web 3.0 quote unquote uh, projects kind of live and breathe on Twitter, Discord, and then, oh yeah, just, you know, put up a Squarespace website. Um, there, there's definitely tons of room for improvement. Um, and a lot of people need that help, whether or not they realize, realize it. So I, I would say, you know, try to get in with a, a project that maybe could use the skills you already have from Web2 uh, while you're working on, okay, you know, like, let's, let's see where we can connect a light wallet. Let's see where we can submit a transaction or how I can write a, a better backend server stack that can actually, you know, use its own node rather than relying on a third-party service. There, there's tons of room uh, to, to leverage your traditional Web2 skills uh, into the blockchain. And I, I mentioned it um, early in the space before everybody joined us, but I actually started uh, as a full-stack developer and had, had been doing full-stack development for the past 12 years uh, before really diving into Cardano and going blockchain uh, mostly full-time. Thanks a lot for that, man. That was really descriptive and uh, detailed. I appreciate that effort there. So uh, just a quick follow-up to that. So you're, you're basically saying bring your value as a Web 2.0 developer, whatever skills you have, get in the door of a Web 3.0 environment slash company, and then learn whatever you need from the Web 3.0, 3.0 space to develop, you know, work on those skills. Is that kind of what you're leading on with that guest there? That's kind of what I took from it. Just bring value in and take the value as you can. Where, where it fits in yeah one 100 because like i said like you still need you know like we we have this idea of web 3.0 but but what is your crypto wallet except for a browser extension running in your browser right so when you're writing dApps quote unquote to to work with that crypto wallet all you're doing is it's a, it's a website that's interacting with a known and trusted extension to the browser right um but i mean so we're, we're still doing view and react and and plain html and css and, and all of these things um so if you're anywhere in the web 2.0 stack you have a place in web 3.0 already um whether or not projects are willing to admit that they need help in those areas uh, might be a, a separate topic of conversation, uh, but people absolutely are going to need those skills to transition over. So uh, kind of becoming familiar, I would say, with like, okay, how do I interact with MetaMask or Eternal or NAMI or, or whatever? And kind of having those in your pocket is great because then, uh, I mean, we, we're all here for the revolution and we're hoping and knowing that um, all those old legacy systems running on Web 2.0 are going to want to go 3.0 eventually. Uh, so just adding to your tool set as you can. And in the meantime, get involved in the space, help out projects um, that could just benefit from some Web 2.0 help. Uh, and, and before you know it, you'll be Web 3.0 full time. Copy that. Appreciate that, Adam. And uh, I know I've been taking a lot of space here, so I just had a quick overall last question here so would you identify as working in the web 3.0 as basically a better version obviously it's a better version. so data you know blockchains are databases and smart contracts are just programming automated programming you know language that acts on whatever you needed to so would you just say these are just better just to become a better web 3.0 you know programmer and all these different skills would it be smarter for me to become an even better web 2.0 to just further solidify and then go ahead and become a better programmer or does that not really be needed as a prerequisite to become a better a good you know quote unquote web 3 developer programmer whatever you want to be well and again I would, I would go back to like the smart contract dev is just one piece of the stack Right. The, the guy writing on chain code is, is one piece of the stack. You still need the app to, to interface with it. Uh, you still need marketing. 
You still need a database potentially in the background uh, that's doing off-chain logic. Um, so, so realistically, when we think Web3, we have a tendency to say, well, it's all got to live on the chain. Uh, but I think we're still a few years out at the very least um, before we really see something that can fully live and execute solely on the blockchain uh, with, with no training wheels from the outside Web 2.0 space. Um, so, yeah, I would say just keep doing you. Um, keep bringing your value proposition um, because trying to go and learn Solidity or Plutus or, or whatever is going to be kind of like a, a very steep departure from everything you know and, and are good at. Um, so if, if you're not looking for a 100% um, job shift, uh, just stick to stick to what you know and, and what you're good at because Web 2.0 isn't going anywhere uh, in the near future, but every Web 3.0 project can benefit from your help. Much appreciate Adam, man. Yeah, me and Fozzie are good buddies here. We always have these conversations, you know, offline, and it's good to hear from somebody who's actively in it for a long time and also, you know, working in that space as a developer as opposed to a lot of the times we hear about the marketers and people who are more on the exposure side. So definitely appreciate that insight, man. Thank you for your time. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for your questions. Appreciate it. Thank you, Abdul. And thank you, everybody, for coming up that had a question. I moved over here to this account. I hope that I'm sounding a little better. Adam, you know, give me give me your review. Am I sounding a bit better? Much better. Much better. Hey, perfect. Perfect. Sorry. Sorry for rugging out. But uh, those were some really, really awesome tips. And I know I've, I've come to you in the past looking, you know, for some help. I'm trying on trying to get into the Web3 space and you know, what I came to understand is kind of like what you were saying, like, you know, if you want to be a part of this space, it's it's better to stick with your strengths and figure out how your strengths can apply to whichever opportunity you want to get for yourself, whether it's working for a project or creating, you know, some type of company or something you want to do. Try to figure out how your current skill set can apply. And that's definitely, you know, the way to go, because um, I, I end, I'm actually now working at Playerman, and I'm the director of community development over there. And, um, you know, for the past 10 years, I've been making YouTube videos and been online and, and have a really like so solid experience on, you know, developing online communities. So that that kind of clicked for me where I'm just like, if this is what I know how to do and I have years and years of experience, let me figure out how I can apply it to an awesome project like Playerman and that and that and then up, you know, making me a perfect fit for the opportunity. Um, but yeah, so uh, apart from that, Adam, we talked about how you see Cardano, you know, performing in the future and, and everything of that sort. But let's get a little bit more into the present moment. You know, what are, what are the things that you most, you know, are excited about in the present about Cardano? And, and most importantly, you know, the present about Buffy Bot, because I know that we have CNFTCon coming up and you guys have really taken you know, the lead in developing, you know, these community events for the, you know, the community and, and, and are really putting us on your shoulders. So, so like, what are you most excited about in that realm? Yeah. So, um, Ooh, that's a, that's a two prong question. So most excited for Cardano and the current, um, I, I'm really excited with, uh, the pace of, uh, the NFT market now that we kind of got the, the training wheels off, so to speak. Um, we have at least one, if not a couple of large mature marketplaces that are, 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 are usable. Um, they, they can always be better. Everything can always be better. Uh, we have a plethora of different options for creating your NFTs. So uh, artists that want to bring their art and create NFTs are spoiled for choice in terms of how it gets created. And, and it's really interesting because um we're kind of starting to take a backseat uh, at BuffyBot going from one of, quote-unquote, the minting services on Cardano uh, to not minting very many projects anymore, and, and that's perfectly okay. Um, it was never my intent to set out to make something like what Patrick has done with Endmaker uh, or what we see the teams at Mint City and Anvil 
uh, coming up with now. So I'm, I'm glad to see that, for one, we have a healthy uh, ecosystem with competition in it. Um, and it, it's really starting to mature from where we kind of nurtured it just, you know, barely over a year ago. Uh, it, it's been phenomenal to be here all the way along. Uh, and how that relates to Cardano, I, I'm really excited to see the Vasil hard fork. Um, and I know it's been delayed a couple of times, but that's because, you know, uh, there's there's. Did Adam rug? I think Adam rugged. Well, Adam is done rugging, guys. We have a giveaway going on at the top pinned. This is a, a commercial break, okay? We have a we have a giveaway happening. So if you guys want to enter the giveaway, make sure you guys go ahead and do that while we get him back up. Okay, he's asking to come up. We should be good. Let's let him connect again. Adam, you good? I, I just completely rugged. I don't know what happened. Like Twitter was just like, oh, here's some news now for you. So, <laughs> yeah, I think it's because you were talking trash about me. So that's what you get. Yeah, probably. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I'm excited for like the Vasil hard fork um, and, and the uh, the bandwidth improvements that that's going to bring with it to uh, everybody can rewrite their smart contracts to be a lot quicker. Uh, lower fees. Um, we're we're going to see a, a ton of improvements that direction. Um, and of course, what I'm most excited about with BuffyBot is kind of transitioning to now uh, this role as uh, community, I don't know, thought leaders or event leaders. Um, Marco and I, uh, you know, had always talked about like, hey, let's do a con. Um, and hey, I realize that sounds horrible, um, but a Comic-Con style event, um, because uh, we, we both have a lot of experience in previous work, uh, working with and for and attending uh, Comic-Con style events. So it was kind of a no brainer uh, that a market that's all about uh, collectibles and um various different new and emerging protocols could stand to benefit from a trade show. Um, so we're, we're trying to do that with CNFT con um, as a kind of community first uh, celebration of everything that's happened over the last year and a half. You know, that that's very forward thinking as well. Like I remember last year, like it's been nearly a year now, but when Mark was first talking about on his YouTube video, about cnft con and the idea that he has he also said comic con is like he was tired about he was he he didn't like how he had to wait in, to get into the comic con itself also not being able to purchase tickets or not having first access or getting that collectibles itself every year so definitely love it looking forward to it and i know this is like it's just the beginning this is the first year that we're going to be in person yeah, I mean, we all got rugged by COVID, right, for the last couple of years. So it's, it's going to be super exciting. We did the online-only version uh, last year, uh, and it's going to be super cool to, to finally get to meet uh, so many different people that have been active and engaged members of this space uh, for the past year, year and a half uh, in person. Because uh, when you really get to meet somebody face-to-face -face and shake their hand or, or give them a hug um, – it's so, so different to actually have that human connection. They're not just a profile pic on the other side of uh, the Internet anymore. They're a human. They're, they're a person just like you. Uh, and it really helps to kind of understand them, to, to quash a hell of a lot of beef. Um, doesn't matter so much when it's another person that, that's across from you. Um, and it really builds that sense of kinship that you already had with uh, – you know, the friends you made along the way, as we like to say in the NFT space. Definitely. And, you know, I'm super excited and, and I'm happy that you guys are taking, you know, the initiative to set up events like this. But um, I want to ask, like, are there any are there any sneak peeks or are there any, you know, inside info that you could, you know, let us in on just for the just for the crowd here? Uh, who? Um, well, uh, today we got a heck of a lot further on finalizing our Friday night kickoff plans, uh, but still nothing I can really, uh, no major alpha uh, that I can leak there yet. Um, uh, 
I got, uh, I'm actively working on quotes for a, a giant uh, inflatable Buffy that may or may not be hanging from the ceiling. Um, so uh, that's probably the, the best sneak peek I can give you right now. No, thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm unfortunately not going to be able to go, but I can't wait to see all the pictures and the videos. And I know that everybody's going to have a great time. And there's definitely going to be a lot of memes made. So I can't wait to see who, who's, who's going to get made fun of and who's going to become a GIF in, in the Discord chat. Um, but yeah, so... I'm sure that's going to be me and Patrick trying to do sumo suit wrestling. That, that's definitely going to be a GIF at some point. So, Oh, you guys are doing that? I didn't know. Oh, yeah. Battle of the Devs. Uh, you know, if that was not confirmed before, it's definitely going to happen. So, We're probably going to talk about that for three months. I'm just saying. That's, that's going to be the fuel that, that rides us through to the next bull market is uh, laughing at us goofy-ass uh, programmers uh, trying to sumo suit wrestle each other. Yeah, I'm excited for that, man. I can't wait to see it. Adam, um, now that, you know, we're nearing, we're nearing the end of the podcast. And again, thank you so much for coming. And thank you, everybody else that, that came in. You know, while while we, you know, we're talking and everything, if you missed any part of the podcast, uh, we are going to be on all platforms. We're on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, you name it, we're on it. So if you guys missed any part of this and you want to listen to the entire thing, we have our links on the Club Real Twitter account. So you guys can go ahead and do that. Before we head out, um, we're going to go ahead and pick the winner of the giveaway. Thank you guys so much for every, anybody that entered the giveaway um it looks like we have a question unfortunately we're not taking any other questions unless adam unless you're down for one more question but we're gonna have to end it up you know pretty soon here yeah no we, we can do one more all right okay you got adam's blessing but this is the last one it gives you guys an extra chance to answer right before we pick but uh go ahead gorma yeah, just wanted to ask, um, Adam, so uh, since you guys are still doing minting services, just wanted to ask you, what makes you right now, if someone was to come in not knowing and has heard about you guys, what would you tell them? Okay, this is where we stand up among the rest uh, in terms of what we provide in minting services. Uh, honestly, at this point, I would say just experience and trust in the community um, is probably our two biggest selling points um, because there, there's plenty of people that do a phenomenal job um, and there's people doing newer uh, kind of edge, edgy groundbreaking stuff like Anvil and Dirtbirds doing their multi-segmenting and NFT Maker even has that now um, where... Uh, I've been so busy with the the planning that I haven't been able to keep up as much on the um, minting tech and the, and the newest, greatest thing. Um, but uh, when uh, people see BuffyBot, uh, they, they do get a sense of reassurance knowing that they're in good hands and um, just experience, you know, uh, in terms of I, I, I try not to drop a shit project. So, um, if if your art's not good, I'm gonna call you on it. If um, you know you're 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 kind of going sideways with your whitelist options or whatever, uh, we we've been around the block since the beginning, um, and and can pro provide some of that level of advice and guidance that um, maybe not everybody else has walked a mile in our shoes yet. And and, and just to be like the critical question, like how do you all charge? for the minting services it's like per asset per, per item that is minted or how does it work for you uh for us on buffybot normally we charge a, a percentage um to to partner with a project that we're going to try to drop um because it's a lot more than just a, a software stack uh so depending on the level of uh interaction and involvement that we have uh the price changes um and is negotiable um, and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a percentage based on what sells. So essentially there's zero risk or zero upfront cost to, to anybody, um, to, to get involved that way. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Gorma Ada for coming up.
and asking these awesome questions. Um, we are nearing the end right now. We're going to go ahead and announce the winner of the giveaway. Drum roll, please. Sheesh. <laughs> Papa Joe Schmo at Joe Schmo Crypto is the winner of the giveaway. Um, all you have to do is DM the club real and we'll get you offered out. Thank you again for everybody that entered the giveaway and spent time with us today on the space. One more shout out for the legendary Adam Dean. Everybody, give him some claps, give him some hearts for coming out and dropping knowledge on everybody and, uh, you know, just being a pioneer in the space. And I expect many, 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 many great things from him in the future. Adam, before we leave, any final messages, anything you want to plug? Anything you need people to find out before we head out here? Uh, no, I would just say uh, visit cnftcon.io uh, to find out more and join us in person in Vegas October 8th through 9th, 2022. All right, perfect. Sounds awesome. Um, thank you guys again for, for coming out and look out for the full recording next week. We're going to make an announcement on the Twitter so you guys can um, listen to the entire thing if you guys came in uh, later on in the in the live stream but um we will be back again next saturday 9 p.m in the club with a new guest shout out to adam we will see you guys in the next one peace ggs guys